Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. This is episode 10. We have hit double digits. It's crazy. We've been tracking for 10 weeks now and really excited to, to be joining you again today. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and with me uh, today is Steve Chapman and Josiah Fox as we're digging deeper into this section of the law that God had given Moses to give to his people. We've just had this beautiful conversation about how God loves us so much and desires relationship with us, but also recognizing that He is a holy God and and there is a way that we can walk with Him even though He is holy. And that's what the law is all about. It's a picture of God's grace. It's a picture of His love for us and really His care for His people. So let's jump in on this conversation with Steve and Josiah. Steve and Josiah, welcome, guys. We are glad you're joining us. Josiah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Steve, this is your first time with us, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. This is, this is fun. I've We're glad you forward. called in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, been uh, for, looking forward to being part of this. Uh, uh, Steve Chapman, yeah, I've been at the river for 19 years, uh, married, and uh, we got five kids, three grandbabies. Um, our life is full yeah. and messy <laughs> and busy, uh, but it's good. We're, we're blessed. So yeah, excited to be here. Yeah. So we're reading the Bible together as a church family. And uh, part of what I love about this podcast is we're getting different people's perspectives. And uh, I want to throw this question out to you guys. Uh, when you approach scripture, when do you find it's the most fruitful? So uh, sometimes it's, man, I'm sitting down, I've got my checklist, I'm in a reading plan, and now I'm going to check this out uh, and check this off. Or it may be some other time that you're approaching it. When do you find it's most fruitful for you in the way that you approach Scripture or the way that you start reading? For, uh, for me, I would say I find, I find and this is probably a, a weird answer, but I find Scripture reading most fruitful um, when I'm not doing it. And what I mean by that is it's when I'm in a situation that calls for wisdom beyond me. Mm. And because I was committed and intentional about reading the scripture, the Holy Spirit brings that to my, to my remembrance. Yeah. And then I can share with, with someone or with myself, apply that wisdom that I read. So, you know, I, I've never really, I've never really been real consistent at a first thing in the morning, last thing. And I mean, I'm all over the place, but, but being committed to doing it. And then the fruit comes because it's in there. It helps me think biblically in, in other situations. So that's, that's, a so weird. you're approaching it with purpose. Yes. So to speak. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I'm a person of routine. I have to have a routine. It just helps me thrive and to some people that may be a surprise but especially if they know my family but yeah they're i love them all i, I find that it's most fruitful when i'm least distracted which for mm -hmm. me requires doing it first thing in the morning so like waking up sometimes i might read 
another easier to read book to kind of wake up a little bit. That's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, I wake up and just have a moment to bring who I am to God and be least distracted. So I'm not thinking about everything I have to get done that day or the things I'm already behind on, or I'm just coming to him as I am. And I journal a little bit, pray a little bit, open my Bible and sit with it and, and pray through scripture. And yeah, that's probably when I find it the most fruitful. And I, I always have some sort of structure. I'm not always doing a devotional, but I'm always following a, a reading plan or sometimes it's a devotional, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Isn't it cool though? Just how we, I mean, you guys had had very different answers, but yet the scriptures still are impacting your life, even though you approach it maybe sometimes a little differently. I like that. I like. I need you, and what I, I need you like. You should have like this little YouTube channel. <laughs> and you're like, don't you know how like you know the the exercise you know you warm like hey good morning it's Josiah we're, we're gonna warm up here I like what you said sometimes I I use another light <laughs> yeah yeah that's right. hey so we're gonna read a few chapters of the Hardy Boys and we're gonna get, get our minds engaged and then we're gonna move yeah. over to Leviticus yeah, I love it that's great though yeah. but yeah that's that's good. I've always envied guys like that that are so that are more disciplined yeah you know because I try to be but that's that's great I think that's the reality great. is we just we're all different. Cause I need, yes. I need other people like you or like my, my father, who's like, oh, we're just going to go do it. And I'm like, uh, okay, let's go do it. We're gonna, <laughs> Are you sure? Cause it makes, no, it, but are you supposed yeah. to be? <laughs> yeah. It makes me let go of control. Sometimes yeah. in my routine, I can get very controlling. Yeah. So yeah. having the spontaneity helps me remember the beauty of who Jesus is. Sure. You mentioned discipline and being disciplined and this section that that we've read this week uh, talks about so many of these the law that that God had given to Moses to to give to the people. I think when when we were approaching these sections that last week we we talked about these big sections of laws and this week as well. Uh, I was a, a little I don't think nervous is the right word, but a little like apprehensive. Like oh gosh, we got to get into all of these laws and and just reading them and the way that this chronological Bible puts them together. It's just, it groups them all together. And uh, I've actually, I have to say, I have never enjoyed reading through the law more than I have this time. Man, that's killer. Which has been kind of crazy because yeah. I've seen them all together and I've, I feel like I'm getting a better picture of God's heart in these. So as we've read through, through this for you guys, what are, what are some things uh, that have been jumping out to you or or maybe even, I'll phrase it this way, how have you seen God's heart for his people through through what we've read this past week and really over the, the last couple of weeks? For me lately, I've just been thinking a lot about, as we read through it, Deuteronomy 4, uh, we read it a couple of weeks ago and Moses is addressing the people and he says, look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in your land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. And when they all hear these decrees, they'll exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of this great nation! For what great nation has a God so near them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on Him? Okay, yeah, maybe... I'm not an ancient Near Eastern, you know, and I'm not a Hebrew. Yeah. 
But there's still wisdom literature here, and it's the way the New Testament authors, like Paul, writes a letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. He talks about Scripture being wisdom literature, and, and Jesus, at the end of Luke, tells his disciples, look, all the Bible was pointing to me and the wisdom I have to offer you. And so for me, as I was reading it, it was really just an opportunity to, as God was defining good and bad for a nation, saying, God, how how are you defining good and bad for me? And letting it be an opportunity for him to speak to me as I read through the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, as we were talking uh, off mic before we started recording, uh, you had a really beautiful, I think, uh, an interesting perspective on what this law looked like and what how God was approaching and saying, hey, because of who I am, I've got to give you this. You know, when I read this, as I have many times uh, over my life, and I think I'm reminded, because I mean, I, I have this reaction, I think myself, I think so many people kind of look at this law and one, when you're reading through it, it's like, oh goodness, this is so much here, and I don't, I, I can't relate to any of this. It seems so foreign, and it is. I mean, it's we're separated by thousands of years yeah. and cultural differences. But, um, and you initially, you can feel like this is so weird, and this is so, you know, um, or hard and harsh. Yeah. Um, but, but when you, and just like you oftentimes talk about just sitting with scripture. And I think as you do that, and that's the, that's the value of just sitting, not getting in a hurry, but sitting with scripture and then, and looking at the whole, um, I think what, to me, what really stood out this time was, you know, just really seeing God's love, a loving God who, who also understands he's a holy God and these are unholy people. So, so back in the garden, you know, there was just one law, don't eat the fruit from this one tree. And they, they broke that rule. And as a result, the knowledge of evil came in and, and sin entered the world. The Bible tells that Romans seven, Paul talks about, you know, sin entered the world and it just continued. And so now by the time of Moses, there's not one law, but there's hundreds of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, even today, we, we don't even know how many laws we have. And <laughs> I mean, literally try to Google it and find out how many laws are right. I mean, there's thousands and thousands. Don't let your, you ever heard that one? It's illegal somewhere. I forget where it was for a dog, for a donkey to ride in a bathtub. <laughs> right. Because, <Yes>. because <laughs> you know, that, that is a growing problem in, in, our, in our community. Which, which, you know, you laugh at that because it is so absurd. It's like, I mean, that I, we see that even here, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, don't, don't boil a baby in its mother's milk. You know what I mean? It's like, cause apparently some people were doing that. <laughs> I was like, that's not cool guys. Let's don't do that. Yeah. Baby goat. Yeah. Baby, yeah, baby goat. Don't do that. You know? So it's like, there's all those kind of crazy things of just, and we've talked about some of those that there was one where he talks about, you know, oh yeah. You know, talking about like if you murder someone or you harm someone and then it kind of throws in there like, you know, and like if, you know, if you're in the, in the, you're in the woods and you drop a stone on someone, you know, it was an accident. Then, you know, it's like, it's like, so, cause apparently that was, an, you know, I mean, we don't have that problem much today of dropping yeah. stones on other people, <laughs> but apparently they did. So totally lost my train of thought now, but no, but I think just, but we but, have so many laws yes, now because, because we're sinful and, and right. God understood he's a holy God and these are sinful people but he loves them. Mm. You know, we, they, they bring nothing to him, add nothing to his perfection, yeah. but he loves us. Right. And so he goes, he takes the initiative. He goes to the extreme of codifying. Here's how we can do this because you see in this law, he oftentimes comes back and says, and I want you to do this because remember, I'm dwelling among mm. you. 
Yeah. I, so don't defile the land because I'm a holy God and you need to reverence me, but I want, you know, I love you. I so want to be with you. And so in giving them this law, it's just an act of great love for these people, you know? And so that's revolutionary. Yeah. I think it could be for so many people to not see this harsh, but actually see, man, this is such a loving act by a holy God who didn't have to. Right. Yeah. You know, he just said, I'm done with you guys, you know? Gave you a restart after Noah, and you've just totally messed it up again, so I'm done. <laughs> but he didn't. And that, that to me, that's just very loving. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to turn them into like Enoch, who walked with God and was no more. Mm-hmm. And Noah, who walked with God. Yeah. He's like, I want to turn you into a nation of Enoch's, a nation mm-hmm. of Noah's who walk with me and have a relationship with me. It's like, who? Because he wants that. Yeah. I mean, I, one of my favorite scriptures in, in uh, Ephesians Chapter one, where Paul talks about, you know, it was God's plan to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ, to adopt us. And it's what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Yeah. If you ever doubt or feel unworthy, just know, man, the the holy God who created the whole universe wants you Mm -hmm. to be be in fellowship with him, relationship with him forever. Yeah. You know, like you said, I love, that's beautiful, you know, of Enoch and Noah, just that's what God wants. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know? please, I long for intimacy. Right. With you see Jesus in Jerusalem, he's like, oh, Jerusalem, how, how like I would love to just gather you as a mother hen, yeah. but you won't come right. to me. And you can hear the heart heartache in his in, in his soul. Yeah, like, this I mean, is what I want. They just celebrated him coming in as, an, as a king. And he, <laughs> right. and he looks yeah. and goes, oh, my heart is broken. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's been interesting to me in reading through it this time, really seeing this this work of the law and seeing it together this way. It was an unprecedented work mm-hmm. of justice, of protection, and even of of love. Yeah, really that that the world had had not seen mm, at that yeah. point, and you know, so so often God talks about this he says i'm doing this so that you know the nations around you will look at you mm-hmm. and and see that wow you're different just i think you even mentioned that about um in seeing this as wisdom literature the effect that would have on the surrounding nations yeah it's it's back to what moses was saying in deuteronomy how the nations would uh say man what what wisdom, what prudence? He says, uh, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation? They were an example. They were, as they came into this land, and, and you talked about how all the people were practicing these things in the land they were going to. Yeah. And they were going to be a nation that came in, and they're like, look at all the peace. Look at all the mm-hmm. kindness. Look how they care for the poor. And there's, right. they don't, mm-hmm. they're so fair. Like, how, how did they get this way? Right. And Moses's response later in that same verse was, yeah, because who has a God that is so near to them like we have the Lord? Right. Part of that goal there was he, so that the nations would be envious. Because mm-hmm. think, think about Psalms 1, you know, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk mm-hmm. in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But he delights in the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting in Hebrew that we translate that word blessed, but it can also be translated how enviable 
is the mm. one who does not walk in the wicked, <laughs> yeah. but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Yeah. And that's his heart. It's like, no, I want others looking. It's like, we want what you have. The relationship you have with your God is so beautiful. We want that. Yeah. You know? And so again, you just can see, can and that, see and that God's person, heart. Yeah. And that person in Psalm 1 becomes a tree of life. Yeah. Right. These trees yeah, never yeah, wither. Yeah, it's like, man, Next, they become rooted. But right. the wicked, they become like the leftovers. Like the chaff, they just the leftovers yeah. of the wheat mill that yeah. just get blown by the wind. And what mm-hmm. this offers, the wisdom it offers, the the word for meditate is hagar, and it's like the sound a bear would make in front of its in front of its food because <laughs> right. they did they did it was a oral tradition, so they would memorize it, and it was always on their lips. And yeah. blesses the person who meditates on this and the wisdom it has to offer and lets it guide their life, they'll be rooted and become a tree of life mm-hmm. next to a river of life. Right. And they won't be like everyone else who's who's blown by every little breeze. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that, that stuck out to me um, when he was talking about all of these, he had guidelines for even their sexual relations, right? Mm-hmm. And, and here, uh, he's like, do not have sexual relations with your sister, your half-sister, your granddaughter. You're like... I, the question that came to my mind is like, did you really have to be that specific? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But then God kind of answers that question uh, towards the end of that section. It's like, okay, why did you have to say all these things? Uh, and in Leviticus 20, uh, he says, this is why. Because all these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I'm taking you. And this is how the land has become defiled. Yeah. And then later, kind of towards the end of that section, he's like, I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. And that just reminded me of how when we truly do things God's way, when we walk with him, we're going to be set apart. Especially, I mean, in, in the culture we live in today, you know, we, we will look different. But it's different in a way, as you guys were saying, that will cause the people of the land to look and say, well, what wisdom there is. Yeah, which requires, I think this is plays into what we were talking about earlier, of, of practicing. Mm-hmm. That requires practice. And I think sometimes we're afraid of getting legalistic about our yeah. faith because we live, we live in a culture that is scarred, deeply scarred, by a legalistic perspective of the life of Jesus. Yeah, that held up rules. More than a relationship. More than relationship, right. And I, I think it's okay to, to have some discipline, to have some mm-hmm. practice, because the heart of this, this these laws was to create an environment where God can dwell. In our own spiritual life, there's, there's disciplines that we need to practice to create an environment where God can dwell. And, and that doesn't become your salvation but how can you ever grow in intimacy without changing the way you live, without fostering an environment for God to dwell in your heart? Mm. And sometimes we're so scared of being legalistic that we don't do anything. And then we don't become that much different because we haven't grown just as much as everyone else. Right. And, and I think that's why I appreciate the river and, and the environment they create is not legalistic. I don't think if you're, if you're hey podcast listener, if you're there on a Sunday morning, if you're there throughout the week, I don't don't be afraid of being legalistic. Don't be afraid to practice your faith because it's not a legalistic environment. 
it's it's hardest to be not legalistic intentionally. Let it be a safe place for you to practice your faith. Paul mm-hmm. even says, think on. Think on these things. And practice. Yeah. And that's in Philippians if you want to go read it. It makes me think of the old cliche, you know, in, in like fitness, no pain, no gain, you know, no gain. But I think that we want that. We're always looking for the shortcut. Can I be spiritually mature without reading my Bible, mm. without the, you know, I mean, I love, there's this one commercial about these, these uh, daily nutrient pills, you know, and they're like, these are unlike all, any other supplements because it's just real fruit and vegetables. I'm like, well, then why don't you just eat an apple? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I'll just take this yeah. pill, you know, it's like, but we're always looking for that shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, but we know that the shortcuts don't bring, you know, the, you know, the reason you run those wind sprints at the end of practice when you're dead tired is because in the game, you're going to be strong. And, you know, it's, yeah, the, if we don't do those things, then that spiritual growth is not going to come. But, but more sadly is the deepening of that relationship with God. There's so much you're going to be able to when the psalmist talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, well, that requires some effort, you know? I mean, engaging your spiritual senses that there is something here you're missing, you know? And and again, you even see that in the law, God just saying, look, I want to be among you. I want to blow you away with how amazing I am. But there's some things you're going to have to do because again, I'm a holy God and you're not. And so, but I'm going to make a way that you, sinner, can be in an amazing relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that's like, yeah. you know, that's just, that should seal the deal for anybody. You know, it's like, yeah. wow. I mean, cause we all want to be loved and known and seen. And yeah, it's like, nobody's going to love you like that. Not even your mama. Yeah. And I think if you want to share in Jesus's life, you must share in his death. Mm-hmm. And, and G- Jesus says, Hey, if anyone wants to follow me, you must lay down your selfish ways, pick up your cross and follow mm-hmm. me. Eugene Peterson says to follow Jesus is to go where he's going. And I think so many of us take the initial beginnings of picking up our cross and then we freeze, like we've done the thing. Um, And we fail to go where Jesus is going. There's a song I love by a not Christian band called The The Collection. And they say, uh, you ask for resurrection, but you're too scared to die. (laughs) And that's sometimes how I think about this. And rightfully so, a, a culture that is scarred by legalism and the way it's completely just wrecked their hearts and given them a Jesus that's not the Jesus of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pain and difficulty to overcome that. And we want resurrection, but we're scared of the pain of dying. I have personally appreciated the river and the environment it's fostered and taught me how to read my Bible and give me a safe place to learn that and have healing so that I can walk with Jesus through the pain it requires to be healed. So I can, I can pick up my cross and continue to follow Jesus yeah. um, and be healed of a deep wound in my life, not even from a particular person or a particular act, but just being in an environment where you could, kids couldn't play in church. I was like, six and I remember my mom having to put a, a suit jacket on me to go to church and I was like this just doesn't feel right you know like what is like and if anyone doesn't know me now I have really long red hair and 
am always wearing blue jeans. <laughs> See, I like that. I was weird. I like always got like the three piece for Easter, you know. <laughs> We were watching YouTube videos of, of Price is Right the other night, and he comes out in this light blue three-piece suit. I told my daughter, I was like, I had one of those when I was 10, and I loved it. 100% polyester. Um, you know, and, <clears throat> but you know, you know, you talk about um, that fear of legalism and everything, and you think about when Jesus came on the scene hundreds of years after this period that we've been reading here in the law, you know, loving, kind, gracious, compassionate Jesus but he got he got ticked and upset, but it was with the Pharisees, these religious people, mm-hmm. who had taken what God had intended to bring them into a relationship with Him and for their good, and made right. it more about them and how I'm the most legalistic here. I keep the law better than anybody. And he was like, "You, you dodos, you have so missed the point of this." Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's yeah. like the new living translation, the Udodos Jesus said. <laughs> this is uh, Steve Chapman translation. Right, yeah. But, you know, it's like because they totally, it wasn't about who can yeah. keep the law the best. That law was to bring you to to see God's love yeah. for you. And, and, and they had so missed it at that point. And they had added so much to it as well, you know. Yeah. And, and, and he just, he called that out. I was like, that is not what this is about. Yeah. And yet we, you know, we still do that today. Yeah. And, and I, and I also just, there's nothing wrong with pews and hymnals and wearing suits to church. That's, <laughs> I, I just want to say that there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, a lot of people, especially in our context, grew up where that was the gospel. Sure. That was your saving grace. And Jesus came and said, I didn't come for those who think they're healthy, but those who know they're sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas Willard, who's this another dead guy who is... Uh, the head of the philosophy department at the University of Southern California for years and was a It's amazing how teacher. much wiser you become once you pass away. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> nuts. Get quoted. But he he said, we spend so much time majoring in the minors. Yeah. And, and we miss out on the beautiful gift of redemption and healing that Jesus offers. And a lot of it comes through discipline. A lot of it comes mm-hmm. through... I mean, even right here, there's it takes a certain amount of effort to create an environment that fosters the presence of God in our lives. Mm, that's good. Yeah. There's a, and I forget his name, but a, a Japanese theologian philosopher that talks about God being a three mile an hour God. He says that the, because the speed of love is three miles an hour. And where he gets that is that's kind of like the average pace that someone can walk at. Mm. and thinking about God and the relationship that he wants to have with us. It's a walk. I mean, how many times through, uh, I see it, I see it in the law, walk in my ways, right? Mm -hmm. I I see it in the Psalm. And then, and then Jesus talks about walking with him. It's not these, as you guys were talking about the, you know, it's not this instant thing that happens. We can't take the shortcuts. It's walking daily. Mm-hmm. That's Kazuki Koyama. Yeah. He has a book called Three Mile an Hour God. Yeah. And I, th- I think we, we so often, one, we try to rush it because that's just the culture we live in is, mm-hmm. man. That's I, a whole other podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. Part two. Uh, but we, we try to rush it. We want the instant. We want the, the quick fix. We want to 
we want to be spiritually mature without the work that it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and the work is not really work at all, but it is relationship. It's surrender. It's walking with this God who chose to walk with his people. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's beautiful. Guys, thanks. Uh, it's been a fun conversation. Uh, maybe we should do a follow-up sometime. I think yeah, we'll be we, didn't even, we didn't even discuss the, you know, the, uh, my favorite part is, you know, this whole deal, like if the brother refuses to marry the widow, his brother, you know, he can be, she can spit in his face, remove his sandal, and he will forever be known as the family of the man whose sandal was pulled off. What a disgraceful, you know, title. Oh, man. Let's unpack that. Man to be known sandal. as the one. Right. Whose sandal was removed. That has to be longer than his name. Oh, that's you know, that's Joshua. over there. And that's that's a. I think. So did, he, did he forever walk around with just one sandal? With just one sandal. <laughs> sort of, oh, there he comes. Maybe, maybe, maybe he did. You know, uh, that's but the that's the man a, that did me wrong. That's a great reminder uh, as we close this out to to say, you know, we could take any one verse or one little section oh, yeah. and pull it out of the hole, but there's danger in that. This was written to a specific people. For a specific time in a particular culture for a specific purpose. And ultimately that purpose was for God to show his people how much he loved them, Mm -hmm. how much he wanted to protect them, and how much he wanted to be with them. And that's really cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at TWTW at theriverCC.com. Or if you're looking for a church home in Cookville, Tennessee, be sure to check us out at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.